0: The following program is recorded content created by the truth network
1: friends as i continue my recovery from covid my voice has been extraordinarily weak today so rather than do a brand new program we're taking you back to one year ago tomorrow the storming of the Capitol. we're going to take you back to that show as these things were unfolding Rioters have stormed the Capitol building. Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, has been evacuated. Senators in hiding. Friends, Donald Trump caused this. Donald Trump is responsible for this. He created this atmosphere and people have bought into it in a fanatical way. And as much as I opposed BLM and Antifa burning down cities in America, I oppose this lawlessness. And I do so as a servant of God in Jesus' name. Welcome, friends, to the broadcast. This is Michael Brown. And this is a very important historic day in American history and one from which the church must learn. Friends, here's the simple truth far more than us bringing out the best in president Trump. He has brought out the worst in us. There is a cult of Trump. There is an idolizing of Trump. There is a hypernationalism that has swept the church. It is a danger. It is a cancer. I'm doing my best to sound the alarm as a Trump voter. It did not have to come out like this but this is what we get, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. You can get upset with me, you can hate me, you can revile me, you can curse me, you can unsubscribe, unfollow, but in the long term, if you love God, you'll thank me. In the long term, if you're a person of truth and conscience, you'll thank me. You may be upset with me for the moment and misjudge me, fine. But in the long term, you'll recognize what I'm saying is for our good and for the glory of God and in the best interest of America. So much to say, so much to unpack and feel free to weigh in and differ with me or agree with me. 866-348-7884. I have been waiting for the right moment to say this because I did not want to get in the way of those who thought there was going to be some legal or political path to overturn the elections. And I did not want to get in the way of those who were sincerely praying and believing for Trump to be inaugurated on January 20th. But look, it's over. It's over. It's been clear for a while. It's over. I've been waiting for the right moment to say it, trying to be gracious and wanting to help. It's over. Donald Trump is not going to be inaugurated on January 20th. If you've been believing for that, and sure God spoke it, he did not speak it. It's over. Fact. It's over. Call me an unbeliever. Call me deep state. Call me whatever. Compromise or working with the devil. I pity you if that's your position. It is over. Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. Donald Trump will not be inaugurate it. Fact. It's not going to happen. The prophecies were wrong. Oh, I can give you a list of reasons why, and at the right time, we'll address them. Let God be true, but every man a liar. It could be that God spoke of his desire for four more years of Donald Trump if Donald Trump would have repented and become a different human being, and if the church would not have put all of its eggs in his basket and look to him as some type of political deliverer, all right? It could be that some sensed a desire from God. It could be that some were presumptuous because they got it right the first time and got it wrong the second. It could be they got caught up in a partisan spirit. It could be they were so revulsed by where the radical left wanted to go and the baby-killing spirit, whatever. There are a number of reasons why even good people got this wrong, but give it up. It's over, it's over. The prophecies were not accurate. God did not speak authoritatively that Trump would be inaugurated on January 20th period. And here's the real shame of it. It did not have to come to this. It did not have to come to what's happening in DC right now, which is horrific, a horrific moment in our history, a moment of chaos and confusion And I lay the responsibility directly at the feet of the president, the man for whom I voted in 2016 and 2020. I lay it as his feet for creating this atmosphere and the losses in Georgia, what looked to be two Senate losses there. I lay at his feet as well, because if he did not attack his own party and attack Republican leaders in Georgia, if he did not do that and make this all about him and instead say, hey, What's best for America? And let me do my best to get these people in, we would not be in this situation today. That's a fact. And the only one that stopped Donald Trump from being reelected, whether there was fraud or not, God knows, but the only one that stopped him from being reelected was Donald Trump. Because if he had listened to people who had been speaking into his life and urging him to humble himself and urging him to change his tone and urging him to do things differently, if he had listened to them, he could have been just as strong for issues and policy and the reasons for which we voted for him. He could have been just as strong there, but if he had been a decent human being towards others, he could have been elected in a massive landslide that no one could have even tried to steal. Here's what happens today. Look at this. Chris, put this this tweet up from the president about Mike Pence. Mike Pence is, by all accounts, a decent man, a God-fearing man, a Christian man, a man of integrity. And and, and look at what the president tweets. Mike Pence, this is vice president. Donald Trump was elected with the help of Mike Pence in his appeal to evangelicals. What does the president say to a man that's been loyal by his side for four years? Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our constitution, giving States a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones, which they were asked to previously certify USA demands the truth. It's not Mike Pence not having the courage. That's not the issue, but here's the deal. It's all about the president and you, you, you don't do what he wants you to, you get thrown under the bus. You could be Bill Barr, loyal, fighting, standing, and, and then you don't do what he wants you to do, you're thrown under the bus. SCOTUS, Supreme Court, all those appointees, they don't do what he wants to, they get thrown under the bus. And what, what, what do people do who are in the, the ultra loyalist Trump camp? They believe him and they trash Pence, they trash Barr, they trash the Supreme Court, they trash everybody. That's the, that's the danger we've been trying to shout to you. That's why I wrote books with titles like Donald Trump is not my savior. I voted for him and supported him, but he's not my savior because of the danger of going in this direction. That's why we've been addressing these things for years. That's why I've been making urgent appeals as a Trump voter. Careful, this could go in a very wrong direction. And I'll, I'll tell you candidly in my own house, for months now, Nancy has been in tears saying this is how it's going to end. This is how it's going to end. She's been brokenhearted. Just talked to her before. She's choked up with what's happening in D.C. right now. But she's been telling me for months, this is where it's going to go. And, and rather than us seeing the handwriting on the wall and pleading with the president to humble himself, rather than seeing the handwriting on the wall, and, and seeing the, the almost fanatical direction that some are going within the church. Rather than that, we just got on the bandwagon. And if you dare differ, you get trashed. I mean, think of it. I'll use myself as an example. Some of you followed my teaching for years. You've, you've known me and followed my teaching, writing books, preaching for, for 20 or 30 years. And, and, and knowing me as a man of the word and someone who loves the Lord... But the moment that I question the president or, or talk about looking to him in a wrong way or putting an idolatrous trust in him or, or wrapping the, the, the American flag, uh, uh, wrapping the cross in the American flag, I become the bad guy. I, I'm not saying this for my sake. I'm saying it for your sake. Can, can you see what has happened to us? Let me say again, it did not have to go this way. Donald Trump did so much good. Donald Trump accomplished so much of great importance. Donald Trump showed incredible courage and stood up to attacks that very few human beings could stand up to and was lied about from day one to this day. I don't believe the man is a racist to to this day. I don't believe many of the accusations that came against him to this moment. I would defend him against those charges. And I appreciate the incredible things that he did. So many things he did standing up for the church, standing up for religious freedom, standing up for the unborn, standing up for Israel, standing up for persecuted minorities around the world. I commend him for every one of those things, but because so many in the church looked to him in a wrong way and confused their their loyalty to the Lord with a loyalty to a man, and it became us against them. The world got divided over loyalty to Trump, and because he would not humble himself, and, and and listen to the wise counsel that was spoken into his life, God did not give him four more years. That's a fact. God did not give him four more years. We prayed, we fasted, we cried out. Tens of thousands gathered together in DC, repenting and seeking the face of God in September, in October. Prayer meetings right through this week, crying out to God for righteousness, for his will in the elections. And I believe a lot of that has brought all this junk up to the surface so that we see where things really are and how compromised we've become as a church. And some of you are actually right now justifying what's happening with, these not protesters, rioters going into the Capitol to the point you have to evacuate the vice president. This is madness and if you support this and if you say, I'm getting my guns because they're not taking them from me and, and let's form militias right now, you are of the wrong spirit. Oh, yes, there is a place for self-defense and the Second Amendment is important. But This is not the time to take up arms and storm the Capitol. This is the time to get on our faces and repent of our compromise, of our carnality, of our putting a trust in a man as if he was the one that was going to save America and save the church. God forgive us. And God grant repentance to Donald Trump to say right now, I caused a terrible mess. Please, please stand down and accept the outcome of the election as it's gone through the courts, as it's gone to Congress. Let us move on. Donald Trump will not be inaugurated January 20th. Face it. Face the fact.
2: It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
1: I, I'm looking at a picture now that was just sent to me. Arm standoff at door of house floor. You, you, you've got the, the lawmen, whoever they are, Secret Service, whoever it is, standing there with guns drawn in the House of Representatives before the doors, lest people break in. Now... I was just sent notes as well that President Trump has tweeted calling for peaceful response. Uh, this, This is what he says, you know, be peaceful. I'm asking everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. Sir, I appreciate that. But it's a little late with what's been provoked. It's a little late with provoking people the way they've been provoked these many months. I appreciate you saying that. I'm glad you said that, sir. But, but, please recognize you created this atmosphere. 866-34-TRUTH. Feel free to differ with me. Feel free to agree with me. Feel free to weigh in. 866-348-7884. If you are unable to call in live, if you're watching on America's Voice and you're upset and some other broadcast you're watching subsequently, listening on podcasts, you're upset with me, or you want to give me a piece of your mind, here's the number to call. You won't be on live, but here's a number to call. Not to ask a question, but to leave a comment. 1-800-618-8480. 1-800-618-8480. Give us a call. Give us a piece of your mind. Maybe we'll share some of it on the air. Avoid profanity so we don't have to edit it. Keep it under two, three minutes Max. But we'll hear some of your subsequent comments. Let me say this again. Things did not have to end the way they did today. Things did not have to come to this. One reason I wrote Evangelicals at the Crossroads, will we pass the Trump test, was to ask the question, could we vote for him and maintain integrity? Could we vote for him without sacrificing our witness? And I said, only if we will do the following, you know, put the cross before the flag and engage in spiritual activity more than political activity, not one or the other, but one more than the other, and, and not defend indefensible things with the president. Otherwise, we would compromise our testimony. And I also ask, can we unite around Jesus, even if we divide over Trump? We have miserably failed both of those tests. The... the The testimony of much of the church in America today because of its hyper-loyalty to the president and defense of all of his conduct and words and now believing prophecies that were not true prophecies, okay, that were not true prophecies, we have destroyed much of our witness. So right up until the elections, I encouraged voting for Trump. I didn't endorse him, but I said, here's why I'm voting for him. And here's why I believe we, we can vote for him while maintaining our testimony. However, I had all of my cautions for a reason. And I, there are others that are never Trumpers. that are people of integrity, people of character, not just jerks, but people of integrity, people of character that just said, I, I don't like the way the Democrats are going. I can't vote for them. And I agree with the policy choices of, of Donald Trump, but I believe that the man that he is will ultimately destroy our nation. Therefore I can't vote for him. I always respected that. And I've said, I respected that, even though that was not my position, it did not have to go this way. But when someone will not repent of pride and will not stop using their tongue to divide and to destroy, and now attack Mike Pence today and Bill Barr before that, and think, look Jeff Sessions was one of the first people to uh, major players, senators to get behind Trump, and then stood with him and then felt he had to recuse himself. And, and that opens the door for the whole Mueller investigation and all this then, then Trump savages Sessions and works against him when he's going to get reelected is trash the guy and has trashed the political careers of others who were seeking to do the right thing and act with integrity. That's inexcusable. And to the extent we were, oh, I like that, we got in the flesh too. To the extent that we cheered this carnal behavior on, we're just as guilty because we who know the Lord should know better. And pastors and Christian leaders who cheered on and justified carnal behavior because at last somebody's fighting for us, shame on you. You're supposed to be men of God. You're supposed to set godly examples. It's one thing to appreciate someone's political strength for good causes. It's another thing to justify and applaud and celebrate destructive carnality that divides nations. Then the same God who hates the shedding of innocent blood hates a lying tongue. <clears throat> yeah, I'm grieved and I'm burdened and and. I'm grieved and burdened for many of you who've been so sincere. Please hear me. I'm not being condescending. I am not being condescending. Some of you with all sincerity have really believed that God showed you that Trump would serve a second consecutive term. And and there are some prophetic leaders who love Jesus and who are not arrogant people and who fear God. And they sincerely believe God showed them that this was going to happen. And against all evidence, they're going to hang on and believe. Against all evidence, they're saying God's going to work a miracle. I am grieved for you because this may be a crisis of faith right now. Let me say again, let God be true, but let every man be a liar, as Paul quotes in Romans. Let it be seen that God has never misspoken. I have an article that'll be out, I don't know, today tomorrow, about the power of faith versus the danger of delusion. Long after these Trump prophecies have been forgotten, John 3:16 will still be just as true as ever. The word of God is the word of God. What people perceive to be words from God, when they don't come to pass, they are not words from God. There is one eternal, unshakable, immovable word of God. The Bible, period, end of subject. Everything else is a word that may have application that may be tested, must be tested. But for those of you that are starting to crash now or are going to crash in the next couple of weeks, I want to remind you, Jesus never failed you. And God is active in the world right now. Some of you are just so grieved over the thought of, of the further enshrining of Roe v. Wade when it seemed like it could be overturned. Some of you are so grieved over, over the possibility of America becoming a socialist country. Some of you are so grieved over what you truly believe was, was election fraud that you say, how, how can God let this happen? I, I'm not saying this in any condescending way. I understand the grief that many of you have, the outrage many of you have, the reason that you felt it had to be Trump. I mean, what about for Israel? What about fighting against China? What about for the people of Hong Kong? What about what Iran's gonna do? I understand the rationale of voting for him and I understand if you really believe God spoke something that, that, that you're holding on to it. But the reality is God himself has answered the prayers of his people in this election and he has said no to four more years of Donald Trump. And I believe without repentance in the church and repentance in the president, four more years would have been absolutely disastrous. Now, I have grave concerns about where President-elect Biden and his administration want to take America. I have grave concerns in terms of the implications of this for our kids and grandkids and great grandkids and even us alive now. I have grave concerns. I understand the issues. I have been a voice warning and shouting about the dangers of the radical left for many, many years. But I am not discouraged. I am not without hope. In fact, because I believe in in, in Almighty God transcending all these aspects of human history, that if we'll really humble ourselves before him and seek him like never before and confess our sin and awaken to the deception that some of us have been in that if we will do that, that these things that have seemed so bad and, and the election results that are so discouraging that God could turn this for good, that, that God could, God could turn this for good and that even bad things happening could be used to awaken the church, which will then bring about good for the nation. In fact, A little later in the show, I want to get to some calls, but a little later in the show, I'm I'm going to give you some facts from past history that are going to encourage you, that are going to give you a bigger perspective of where things could be going. But I want to say one more thing here, and now I'm going to get a whole bunch of other people upset. But that's just fine. The only reason that Democrats will win in Georgia is because many Christians voted for pro-abortion candidates. That's the only way. That's the only way. That much of the support for candidates Warnock and and Ossoff, much of the support comes from Christians who voted for pro-abortion candidates. If you're listening, give me your best ear. If you're watching, look me in the eye. For all of you who say, how dare you vote for a man like Donald Trump? How could you be a Christian and vote for Donald Trump? Well, spare me your moral outrage if you voted for a pro-abortion candidate. Shame on you for pointing a finger at those who voted for Donald Trump with all of his flaws and baggage and problems for pro-life issues and others. Shame on you for condemning them while turning around and voting for a pro-abortion candidate. You have no moral ground on which to stand in making that condemnation. Just wanted to say that as well. I speak out of grief, out of a heavy heart, out of grave concern, especially for the Church of America and for the reputation of Jesus in our nation, which for many has been hitched together with the character of Donald Trump. That, my friend, is a serious issue. But I've got good news. If we'll humble ourselves, much good can come out of this. We'll be right back.
2: Change the world. Change the world. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on this historic
1: January 6th in American history, a day that will live on in shame and infamy and ignominy as pro-Trump supporters stormed the Capitol buildings to the point of having to evacuate vice president, evacuate congressional members. This is an atmosphere that is aided and abetted by the president, Yes, he's tweeting, hey, submit to law, law and order, but he has provoked this atmosphere. And those who've gone along with it, especially spurred it on prophetically, you need to do some serious soul searching. 866-34-TRUTH is the number to call. Uh, I, I do want to encourage you before the, the broadcast is over. I've said some very, very strong things, and I, I do want to encourage you. But since this is live talk radio, let me get to your calls so you can share what you're thinking, what you're feeling. That's why we're on the air as well. And then I do want to give you some words of encouragement moving forward, because I actually feel this is good. That the fact that things have spilled over the way they did today, even if it doesn't represent most of the crowd, the fact that this pro trump rally this stop the steel rally spilled over into lawlessness and anarchy and something i've never seen in my lifetime the fact it spilled over into that it's actually for the good because it's finally going to open some people's eyes it's finally going to open some eyes all right let's uh, let's go to the phones we'll start with brett in pittsburgh pennsylvania welcome to the line of fire hey dr brown how are you Doing well, sir. Thank you. Hey,
3: I uh, I was in the Brownsboro Revival um, back in 1997, crack addict. I was up in the uh, balcony. You called for me to come down. You prayed for me. I really was touched. Uh, I, I, so I followed you for a lot of years. Um, and I want to thank you for what you've shown into my life. Um, my question to you is, Even though I have been a Trump supporter as well, I do not think he's the savior. So, What if it isn't that God gave up on Trump because of his pride and his arrogance and his attitude, but what if it is that God has given up on us as a country? What if we were in the uh, theater in the time maybe possibly the Revelation Um, and in that we can find that joy, that hope, that strength for eternity because right now this is temporal, right? Like I remember you preaching about like you're gonna be scorching synagogues, you're gonna be beaten for my namesake. And, and you know what? We may be we may be heading there in this country, as crazy yeah. as that sounds, that they have three hundred FEMA camps and I know that you're you know, you you've studied Jewish you know, things, and and I know what happened in Germany, and so what if we actually are in a state where God has chosen us to be here for this time, given us the insight and the wisdom to actually be the strength for the people who do not know where to turn
1: when everything in this
3: country falls apart, because it is falling apart.
1: Yeah, so let me jump in, Brett. First, uh, thank God for his Grace and mercy in your life, and so glad that, that I've been able to, to be a blessing and helped you over the years. I would say that it's, it's certainly a time of divine chastisement of America. And I believe, though, that just as Donald Trump was raised up to bring blessing, he was also raised up to bring judgment. I've, I've felt that way as a Trump supporter for years, that there were different mm-hmm. aspects to it, and that part of the judgment is revealing. lot of the carnality and and sin uh in the church in in the process And, and that and and that it it could well be i don't believe this is the end of america personally okay we may go through a very very challenging season but i believe that going through a challenging season could be just what's needed to wake up the church you hate for it to happen just like you hate for the person to have a heart attack but then they make major changes in their lives, and now they live healthier. You hate to see these things happen. You don't wish it on anyone, but it may be that we have to go through hard times to really wake up and then let the church be the church. Let us stand out from the rest of the world and even from the political system. We work within the system. We don't abandon it. We don't abandon it. Maybe God's calling you to, and is going to raise you up as a political leader. Could well be. Let it be so. That's a call just as valid as a call to to preach behind a pulpit. But it could well be that this is what we have to go through to, to wake up and really be the church God has called us to be. Hey, thank you for the call. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's go to Clarence in Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome to the line of fire.
4: Thank you, Dr. Brown. Um, first let you know, I'm going to be very nervous to be on the radio, but I'm going to try to get some of my points across is, uh, Kind of funny because I called four years ago. I wasn't able to get on the air, but it was right before the election. Interesting. And I was feeling that America was looking at Donald Trump as a savior, and that's why they wanted this person to be president versus um, looking towards our savior. But uh, I'm a black American. I you know, Clarence, predominantly- excuse me.
1: Yeah, forgive me. I just want to say this one thing. I just got this headline: Eleven hundred DC National Guardsmen will be deployed on the Capitol tear gas has been used against those who broke into the Senate chamber. So, folks, this is the, the chaos that's happening in D.C. right now. I apologize, Clarence, for interrupting you, but please, back to you, sir.
4: Oh, no problem. Um, I was going to say I'm a black American, and I attend a predominantly white church. And right when COVID hit, uh, it was really sad. I actually uh, I don't attend the church anymore because of what I was seeing on Facebook and how— I'm not going to say President Trump is a racist, but how what the people in the church were saying and how, um, you know, it was like they were searching to see what President Trump was saying before anything else. And COVID wasn't real. And we as Republicans say, hey, we we want to stop abortion. But yet we didn't seem to be caring that COVID could kill elderly people. And we were waiting to see what President Trump said. So that was very disheartening. And some of the things I saw on Facebook, that I saw that we were being divided. And as a church, um, we were really looking bad because we were spewing the hate. You know, what happened to, yeah? you know, yep, Jesus showed love to the prostitute. And we were the ones that were spewing hate and telling the Democrats how they were wrong. But, you know, I voted, I always vote Republican or I won't vote. And this time I didn't vote for President Trump because he was President Trump, but I voted against President Biden. Um, and I believe a lot of people felt that way. It's not that they wanted to vote for President Biden, but they wanted to vote against President Trump. So I think a lot of things he did, it was sad. But we as a church, we were not looking for our Savior. We were looking to see what President Trump was saying. And if we would have been doing what the Bible says and going out and showing love and talking to other people that and letting them know that, no, you do not vote for someone who supports abortion— and did it in love we may have been in a different situation too but god is in control
1: yeah we we, yeah he is in control and we we make wrong choices and he teaches us sometimes we have to crash and burn then he brings good out of that you know in other words he doesn't overrule our mistakes and errors There, there are consequences but but here's here's what concerns me here you are a black american voting republican and you voted for donald trump even though you had concerns that he could be looked to a wrong way. Same with me, voted for him twice, although I had those concerns. But that's not enough, though, for many. In other words, you are not loyal enough. You, you dare criticize the man. And, and that, to me, is cult-like. That, to me, is dangerous. And as I've said, the, the only one I have that kind of loyalty to is the Lord, period. You know, that's, that's the only one that you have that kind of loyalty to. So, Clarence, I'm with you inch for inch. And yet for many, that's not loyal enough. You know, you betray. Uh, since, since when are we required to give complete support and allegiance to everything the, the president says? Since when, if you voted for Barack Obama, were you required to support everything he said and not not criticize him and not differ with him? And if that's the way you were, that was cult-like. So, so Clarence, I'm, I'm with you. I share your concerns. And we have, not de- we have not demonstrated love to those we differ with. We have not. I can have fervent, deep disagreement with someone. I mean, life and death, disagreement. Feeling the direction they're going is terribly dangerous. But I could do it in a way where they know I love them. They genuinely know I love them. Even as I'm standing in the road trying to stop them at the top of my lungs, they know I love them. I say the world looking at many of us, they don't know we love them. They don't know it. They think we hate their guts and despise the ground they, they walk on. It's it's a shame, friends, but it's the truth. Hey, thank you for calling. Um, let us uh, go over to Sean in Wilmington, North Carolina. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
0: Hey, uh, Brother Dr. Brown, sir. So, uh, yeah, I've been to the uh, Browns Revival many years ago. Awesome moves from God. I actually shared a uh, post, a comment on your post, in the reflection of something that's been on my heart for a while, and that was... Uh, during one of the services, uh, the song, Lord have mercy. There's this huge altar call. And that's been something that's been on my heart for a while, that, that one particular song. Oh, okay, God, I,
1: I, 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 spot um, I spot it. I spot <laughs> it. I spotted that post. Yeah, with with one of yeah, the most powerful yeah, about, services yeah, just, I've ever been in. Right, and that's the only hope. Oh yeah, Lord have mercy. Yeah, yes, it, sir.
0: Just ama- it was just amazing. But I, I'll tell you, it's interesting with everything that's going. And I'm not going to be long with this, but uh, with everything that's going on in this nation right now, um, one, when you think when you're talking about the prophecy that was given, uh, it, it's funny if you, if I recall correctly, it never said Donald Trump. They just said there would be a Trump. And you spoke about this before, about sometimes people interpreting one way or another, but in all things, our, our great commission is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to point people to Jesus' heart to follow his character, to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves, the blessed as peacemakers. And that our prayer would be that we would only speak that which the Holy Spirit gives us utterance to speak, to move when the Holy Spirit causes us to move, to remain silent, to be silent, and to not move when God says not to move, but that we would be accurate reflections of the Lord's character in getting to know him. For in this day and age, I truly do believe that without question, I believe that God raised up President Trump into that presidency for the, for the time being, but in all things, we are still human, and there's nothing new under the sun. But God is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse from all unrighteousness. But even as believers, may we not start to run our race and then grow weary and well-doing and then forget who we are called by. For even the Lord of glory had turned. He had turned. And when the disciples, they had to ask the Lord. They said, "Lord, should we call down fire from heaven, for they, 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 the the city will not receive?" And then the Lord rebuked them. They said, "You don't know the spirit of Europe. For God did not, you know, call come to destroy men's lives, but save them." And I, but I also believe. Hey, Sean, just
1: uh, I know you're on a roll, but but we got a break here. Uh, Thanks for getting that message out here. What does the world know you for? What do your neighbors know you for? family members, friends, first and foremost, what do they know you for? It should be they know us as followers of Jesus. It should be. That's what they, they know. What are we known for? These people love the Lord, and they love their neighbor. We'll be right back.
2: It's the Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I want to encourage you in
1: the midst of the storm, in the midst of the grief, in the midst of the outrage, in the midst of the shame right now that many Christians are feeling because of the behavior of others in D.C., many recognizing what they have been part of and recognizing the wrong spirit of it, finally recognizing it. I want to bring you some encouragement as looks virtually certain at this point, hasn't been officially called, but looks virtually certain that Democrats will win both Senate races in Georgia. It should have been a very easy win for the Republicans based on the voting November 3rd should have been an easy win, but I believe the terrible disunity and the distrust much of it right at the doorstep of Donald Trump uh, lost those two seats there. It's basically like sacrifice the nation. Fine sacrifice the good of the party fine just fight for myself that's in many ways what it comes down to someone said to me the other day think of solomon finding out who the real mother was the one that wasn't willing to let the kid be cut up then ask yourself the question what does that mean in this case all right let me encourage you let's say that the democrats now control congress and the white house and let's say they really want to move in a radical leftist direction. One that could have destructive implications in terms of the very nature of our country, uh, the very foundations of our democratic Republic. All right. Those are legitimate concerns. Those are not exaggerated. Those are legitimate concerns and the reasons that many of us voted for Donald Trump because of those legitimate concerns. Let me take you back in history. Listen to this quote. Are you ready? We may see the Bible cast into a bonfire. Our children either wielded or terrified, uniting in the mob, chanting mockeries against God. Our wives and daughters, the victims of legal prostitution, soberly dishonored, speciously polluted, the outcast of delicacy and virtue and the loathing of God and man. This may happen, We may see Bibles cast into the bonfire. Who said that? Timothy Dwight, president of Yale. When did he say this? Oh, how about 1798? Warning what would happen if Thomas Jefferson was elected president. If Jefferson was elected our third president, what would happen? Quote, we may see the Bible cast into a bonfire. Here. How about this? Historian Stephen Prothero says this. Some New England ministers also saw a conspiracy afoot between Jeffersonians and the Order of Illuminati, a secret society of freethinkers that had supposedly masterminded the French Revolution and was now dedicated to creating a post-Christian New World Order. Shades of Q today, or Q and on. <clears throat> they were concerned. New England ministers. Jefferson gets in. as a New World Order and together with the help of the Illuminati. How about how about this from, from Stephen Prothero? Should the infidel Jefferson be elected to the president, wrote an alarmist in the Hudson Bee, the seal of death is that moment set on our holy religion. Our churches will be prostrated and some infamous prostitute under the title of the goddess of reason will preside in the sanctuaries now devoted to the worship of the Most High. Outside the churches, murder, robbery, rape, Adultery and incest will all be openly taught and practiced, prophesied the Connecticut current. The American people, a Christian Federalist from Delaware added, would become the more ferocious than savages, more bloody than tigers, more impious or impious than demons. This is all what would happen if Jefferson gets elected. But we obviously survived that. We we survived that by quite a while since he began serving in the year eighteen hundred. <clears throat> we, we survived that. But there were dire warnings about where things could go. All right, let's, let's come up to more recent history because what could well happen is there could be a dramatic pushback. If the left really shows its true colors and begins to implement many of the things it's wanted to implement, there could be a tremendous pushback against this, all right? Now, the church is going to have to be the church. We're going to have to focus on, on what matters most, Doesn't mean we're uninvolved with politics, but it means we we got to get our priorities right and really go after the Lord and really pursue him like there's no tomorrow and really take stands for righteousness wherever we are in society and really pour into raising up godly kids that will be fearless leaders and really give ourselves to the Great Commission and then be involved politically as we should, but keep our priorities in the right place. But just a little history. This is an NPR, right, national... uh, uh, the National Public Radio, certainly well-known liberal site, right? Radio station, website, NPR. This is 2016. Every president sees his party lose hundreds of positions. It's the price of party holding the White House pays. But no president has come close to Obama. During Obama's eight years in office, the Democrats have lost more House, Senate, state legislative, and governor's seats than under any other president. In other words, there was a pushback. When Obama took office, there were 60 Democratic senators. Now there are 46. This was 2016. The number of House seats held by Democrats has shrunk from 257 to 188. There are now nine fewer Democratic governors than in 2009. Democrats currently hold fewer elected offices nationwide than at any time since the 1920s. There was a pushback against many Obama's policies. It wasn't a pushback against him being black. He was voted in as a black man, okay? The largest percentage of voters, in terms of anybody, were white voters. This was not a reaction against blackness. This was reaction against a leftist governing leader and a leftist-leaning government. That's what the backlash was against. Here, check this out. This was uh, roughly two weeks before Trump's inauguration in 2017, an article on the quorum.us website noted that President Obama entered the White House with his party touting a 60-seat majority in the Senate and 257-seat majority in the House. Democrats now hold a 48-seat minority in the Senate and 194-seat minority in the House, a net loss of 12 and 64 seats, respectively. And right now, there are 27 Republican governors compared to 23 Democrat governors. Now it's not that Republicans are all good, Democrats are all bad. That's not the point that I'm making. But but, but hear me. The point is this, that there was not a blue wave. There was not a blue mandate. There was not a nation shouting, we want to move to the left. There was largely a reaction against Donald Trump as Trump. There is largely a repudiation of who he is, some of it inflamed by the media that made him into racist, misogynist, xenophobic, whatever, and part of it based on who he has been, on his bad character and his ungodly words and behavior that have been destructive. There was more than anything, a repudiation of Donald Trump, not an embrace of radical leftism. In in fact, people are are fleeing the cities in America that have the most leftist policies and going to move in other parts of America. It's it's actually happening widely. So if an unhinged Democratic Party decides to lurch further left, that could produce a massive backlash. But here's the key thing. Republicans are going to have to find a candidate who can unify, a candidate who can be strong, mobilize a base without destroying so many other people in the process. A candidate who will not savage a man like Mike Pence. I'm talking about in office, a candidate who who will not savage a man like Bill Barr. A a candidate who will not throw the Supreme Court under the bus, as the president has done. If that's the case, then you'll have a nation that does not want to go the way, especially financially and, and in, in terms of sociologically and other ways, I don't believe the bulk of the nation wants to go the way the radical left wants to go. And many Democrats are, are leery about going that far. Okay. So if the church get back to being the church and recover much of its reputation, that's, that's been trashed because of our becoming apologists for the president. If, if we could do that and then really pray for truth to come to light, there could be a pushback. And, and here's the other thing. I know all the things that you say could happen. Democrats pack the Supreme Court. Democrats redistrict things so that electoral votes are changed. Democrats open the borders, so you have a flood of illegals, immigrants coming in that then become Democrat voters and it shifts the balance forever. I know that those things are legitimate possibilities. But for all those who've had so much faith that God's going to do the impossible and get Trump in office January 20th, that's not going to happen. How about exercising that faith that God would intervene on behalf of America in other ways? And are you ready for this? Oh, here's a big faith question. Are you ready for this? If God could use Donald Trump, why can't God use Joe Biden? How about praying for him the way many of us have prayed for Trump? How about praying for him and Kamala Harris? How about praying for them to have a real encounter with God? How about praying for them to be genuinely converted and meet the real Jesus? How how about praying for them to have an awakening where the word of God becomes real to them? Why not? Isn't this what God calls us to? To pray for those in authority? So, yeah, this is a grave day, but ultimately a day that encourages me because so much has come to light. Now is our time to seize the moment. You may hate me in the short term, but you're going to love me in the long term. You may be very upset. I know some of you are cheering me on. But some of you may be very upset with me today and call me a compromise or whatever. That is immaterial to me because I'm going to be here long term to speak the truth in love. And if you love the truth in the long term, you're going to thank me.